everyone. Welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode 25 of season four, the very best one yet. What is up, The Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host. As always, we have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social, and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod, or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. the introduction short we have a special guest on today's podcast i'd like to introduce to dave fink dave thinks the best kept secret in marketing is hiding where you least expect it your mailbox over a 20-year career he's generated hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue powered viral sensations like dollar shave club and helped launch celebrity startups for jessica simpson mary kate and ashley olson and kate bosworth now as a founder and ceo of posty he's out to reinvent direct mail marketing for a digital world so welcome to show dave Thank you. Thank you. What, what an intro. Yes. Yeah. We are excited to have you on the show, Dave. Our listeners are beyond excited to learn more about your story, what you do, and everything. Yes. So that's my first question of the day. Can you briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind? Sure. I, I think I need to take you with, though. And when people ask that question, I'll just have to have you do it because uh, I think that was way more um, I- in- interesting than, than the way that I would normally present it. But for the last uh, roughly six years, I have um, been. Uh, the founder and CEO of, of a company called Posty. We've gone from you know the crazy you know eight-page PowerPoint presentation and a wild idea of, of building a solution that we thought um, you know marketers would would need all the way through a pretty sizable company with um, you know real revenues, um, good-sized team, all sorts of structure and management and leadership. You know, uh, my day kind of evolves. Uh, yeah, my daily grind um, evolves daily. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm maturing with the company as we go here, and and, uh, and and I love it. So yeah, like I said, we're excited to learn more further in this interview, what you do day to day, and just kind of you know uh, share your wealth of knowledge on on the episode. Uh, yeah, talk about Posty. Like, where'd this idea come from? Yeah, the, uh, so it's a it's a topic I love talking about, um, and. Uh, we use it a lot internally to talk about kind of the difference between you know, what I would call mission-driven companies versus opportunistically developed companies. Both serve um, a place in the world. Both are are um, are you know, are uh, can be you know very successful, and, and many big businesses have built in both sides. And what I mean by that difference is, you know, there are plenty of companies where. They were created because you know the founding team had some area of expertise and they um, they knew how to build a product or deliver a service and and develop a company around it. 
there are other sets of companies that I think end up, you know, have, having potential to be a little bit um, more special, um, not necessarily always better, but um, that, that, that are fall into that mission-driven bucket. And what I mean by that isn't that they're all like going out trying to save the, the world's you know, biggest problems, but that they were founded with kind of the mission and a vision to try and solve a very specific problem that wasn't being solved, um, you know, elsewhere. And, you know, some of those companies are, are big successes like, you know, Uber and Lyft and Airbnb. And, and then there are smaller um, businesses that specialize in very kind of niche um, solutions. So we like to think about uh, Posty as falling into the camp of mission driven. The idea came uh, about six, seven years ago. And and the initial idea, while you know, Posty is a, a technology platform um, that makes you know uh, gives marketers the tools to to run and optimize and scale their direct mail marketing with the same vigor and automation and sophistication as as they do their digital channels, the, the mission wasn't let's go and reinvent direct mail. The the mission was. You know, we've all become so over de dependent on Facebook and Google for our growth and our marketing efforts. And while the the tools and capabilities that they you know brought into the world are are you know are arguably some of the most sophisticated you know marketing capabilities we've ever seen, they've also kind of dominated the landscape, um, driving up you know rates and um, and cost. And and over time, it's actually become you know much harder to to find profitable growth within those channels. And, and so our, our mission was really, you know, that's a dangerous place for any brand to be. You can't wake up every morning and, and look at a singular fail point or two in your entire growth stack. You need to have you know, diversification. You need to feel more in control. And, and so our mission was what other channels could we apply all the learnings and technology that we've developed over the last you know, 15, 20 years in, in digital and um, and then you know add another leg to our kind of marketing stool, and and so for us we found our way back into direct mail after many years, and realized that there were you know there were a number of components that made the channel really powerful. You know the targeting capabilities, the measurement capabilities, the scale, the ability to test and optimize. We just we we were yeah. You know, frustrated by the lack of tools and technology to, to, to run the channel in kind of the same way that we thought about all of our other marketing um, channels. And so, so the idea really was, hey, as a reaction to the dominance of Facebook and Google and the power that they carry over us as marketers and that precarious position, let's build a marketing solution, um, starting with the direct mail space to, to give marketers more control over what they do on a daily basis and how they hit their you know, daily, monthly, quarterly, annual goals. Well said, uh, Dave. And then it also kind of transitions my next question too on just defining your, your target market, like your target consumers. Can you also touch on the smart targeting with our listeners? Sure. Well, I think you know, targeting starts with with insights and, and understanding who your customers are, and that's something that the the you know internet and digital marketing has you know um, brought front and center and really taught us was possible. So you know the more that brands, whether you're you're a digital native brand that that has always sold you know directly to your customers, or whether you're a big you know Fortune you know 100 or Fortune 50 brand that historically has sold through retail and wholesale channels and you are always one or two steps removed from your customers, 
you now have the ability to to engage directly with them through mobile apps and you know web presence and and um, and whatnot. And so you're you're now you know speaking directly with those individuals. You're learning more about them through you know everything from data um, analysis to um, just you know direct content um, and and direct consumer feedback. And and so you know targeting starts with understanding the makeup of who your customers are why they're engaging with your product, the differences between different segments within your customer base. So not all customers are there, um, you know, buying your product or services for the, the same reason. And the more insight that we gain as a brand, as marketers, as professionals, as to why one of our you know, customers or a group of our customers are engaging with us, the more that we can then internalize that, um, reinvest in everything from you know, product development, user experience, but certainly also leverage that knowledge to be more efficient and effective with our communication to prospect customers or with our CRM um, and how to, you know, um, you know, keep them engaged with, with us as a brand. We've worked so hard in many cases to onboard or acquire a new customer. You know, it's on us to make sure that that customer is having a great positive experience, feeling good, internalizing, um, you know, the, the brand um, that, that we've all worked so hard to build. So, you know, the, I think the final component then becomes what channels are addressable, right? And, and, and by addressable, you know, we mean, you know, what channels can you actually use targeting and data to make decisions on how to, you know, allocate your message, how to reach um, different consumers. And, and that's another area where digital has always excelled, right? So we historically have been able to target ads through, you know, display or email or, you know, certainly you know, Facebook and Instagram and other social channels and, and, and you know, search and, 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 and th that's what makes the, you know, internet so interesting. I think it's also very, um, very much why so many brands have grown so much quicker um, than ever before, because they've been able to leverage that, those insights and apply addressable marketing strategies. Well, it's not the only channel, right? So with technology, you can now run your direct mail just as addressably. So you can you know, communicate very specifically to um, very accurate um, segments within, you know, within your market. Um, there are other channels that are working very hard to, you know, more traditional channels that are working very hard to bring those type of um, targeting capabilities as well. You know, certainly digital out of home and addressable and connected TV. Some of those are a little bit more you know, nascent in their journey compared to digital. But the again, the insights that we've been able to, to gain communicating with and directly to our customer bases and the addressable channels that are evolving both digitally and now um, with, with platforms like Posty in the more traditional channels, we can be you know, smarter, we can communicate better, um, and we can be more, more in control of, of um, the, the effectiveness of, of selling our products in the world. I was going to mention like more effective, more efficient in what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, so really spot on. <clears throat> you kind of teed me up or putting on my digital marketing hat here. Can you share some best practices uh, with running uh, digital ads? Yeah, specifically digital or, or, or direct mail as uh well. I guess either or. Uh, I think both would be beneficial for our listeners. But if you want to like, so I mean, that's a big, I just opened up a can of worms here. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll start with, I think it just adds in general, because the mm -hmm. same principle um, that principles that apply to you know, display or retargeting or email or social are, are you know, those are, are um, kind of best practices that you really do want to apply across the board. 
So first and foremost, I'm a huge proponent of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, what I mean by that is there's this whole kind of art of, you know, social psychology, industrial psychology, behavioral economics that have kind of bled into this idea of testing and optimizing your creative based on how you get consumers, you know, dopamine firing in their brain, right? How do you, how do you create, you know, energy and, and this, you know, in excitement, uh, and, and you know, if you kind of think about your experience, if you've ever been stuck foot in a casino, yeah, they're masters, right? There's no accident of why, you know, felt is green and why slot machines fire um, sound in a very specific, um, you know, tone, um, you, know, it, you know, why there's a temperature um, that's almost identical in every casino, why there are certain smells that they have, why chips are shaped the way that they are. Everything's designed to kind of create this desire to, or the, this, this, you know, basically tickle, you know, the neurotransmitters in your brain that, that create kind of excitement and engagement, you know, namely dopamine. And, and in digital marketing for, for, you know, for many years, I, I spent a lot of time studying that and, and learning things like the appropriate font sizes or how to use, um, how to use animation to catch people's attention or how to design landing pages or ads, um, that, that, um, that, you know, have the right colors or the, the call to action, the button colors are the right size and shapes. Um, and I, I think that that's super fascinating. Uh, I, I'm a huge, um, you know, student of, of, you know, kind of those, those sciences, but, if you look at the brands that have been most meaningful in our lives and most lasting, they, they did not rely on just those, those kind of tactics. They, they brought a product or solution to the market. They were very um, focused on communicating the, the value propositions and the benefits and why it would, um, that, you know, the, that, that company believed that it was an important product and, and worthy of your, you know, of, of some of your, you know, hard earned money. And, and I think that it, the same thing's true whether you look at more recent digital native brands, um, challenger brands, or, or the you know the oldest Fortune you know again 501 you know 100 you know 50 brands in the world, they've they've consistently told a, a story and a message that's been very authentic to who they were, why they were created, why they found um, you know value or, or are providing value to to the world, and and you can go a long way in your advertising if if that's what you get up every day thinking about yeah you, know, you believe in your product you you know there's a reason why you know you're you know you have a company and you're working for that company and you're 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 razor focused in telling that authentic story you know, from from there certainly there are you know there are better tactical executions and and you know, we talked about you know knowing your consumer that that is the next step, I believe, just mission critical. You have to have as much insight into, you know, A, who you think your target consumer is, then B, who your target consumer actually is um, from your, you know, your research and, 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 you know, data collection. And, and, and then you need you know, to understand if your hypothesis on why you think your product and service is resonating in the market um, is, is accurate or not. Once you have all that, you can, you know, you package that together in, in, you know, knowledge center within your company and you make sure that everyone working on storytelling, marketing, product marketing, product development understands that. Um, and then, you know, and then, and then, you know, really only at that point, are you, are you ready to go out to the world and start, you know, start allocating budget and, 
trying to think about you know where are the places that your prospect consumers are spending time and what is the right way to tell that story in that environment the way that you while the the the, the authenticity needs to to be consistent and true regardless of whether it's a static display ad on a content website or whether it's a video or carousel ad on you know, Instagram or Facebook or whether you're creating content marketing on TikTok, you know, the, the authenticity needs to be there, but the way that you tell that story should, you know, should be appropriate so that it, 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 um, it provides, it, it, it offers respect to the environment where you're communicating to that, that, that customer. So I think those, those principles are, are really important. And then you go a little bit further in the funnel and you think about testing and optimizing. So at the end of the day, the data is going to tell you whether you got it right or whether you got it wrong. So you have to have your measurement, you know, um, pipe set up. You have to understand, you know, what the specific KPIs that you're using to measure effectiveness look like. And you need to make sure that as many of your channels, especially those where you're planning on allocating lots of time and budget, are measurable, do allow you to go and and, um, and test um, and and understand and learn what what's working and what's not working. Yeah, really well said. Again, helping us clearly define uh, the, the key principles here that we're looking at, uh, the authenticity. Again, key words that you've mentioned so far in this interview, recognizing the benefits that you're offering to the consumer. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, too, after you hit the, the you know, publish now, go live or whatever, submit button, tracking that performance and seeing how we're doing uh, within our daily grind and if we need to, <laughs> how we can level up, literally. But I wanted to talk on uh, sustainability and just being an entrepreneur in general with your background and experience and just we have daily grinders that you know start a side hustle and they're looking to you know go full-time with it things of that nature jump into the unknown in a sense but can you share with us with our our listeners like an inside look on how to navigate like through a pivotal moment and taking you know taking full-on charge within their entrepreneurial journey well this could be a three-hour session um just <laughs> in this right. question yeah, yeah. And, Cliff and notes. <laughs> I'm super passionate about it, so I'm going to try and like rein myself in and 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 stick with the the key points. But uh, the the six or seven years prior to launching Posty, I was one of the the founding partners at a tech studio and incubator in Santa Monica called Science, and I got to live that that daily grind of engaging with oftentimes an entrepreneur or a team of two or three entrepreneurs who had an idea, maybe foundation, you know, on their product. And they were they were just at the at the very beginning um, stages of their their journey and and taking the plunge into full entrepreneurship and and full you know startup. I, I love that. I I, I definitely miss that. Um, you know, and need to figure out how to incorporate you know more of that into to my life. Um, you know, whether it's through you know mentorship or or more aggressively you know investing in early stage companies again. It's a it's a really special time, and it's special for you know for many different reasons. One, it's just the the world of possibilities, the what if, the, you know, that's the stage when you have to be a little bit of a dreamer. For you know specifically to your audience, who the the, the segment of your audience who may be nervous about whether this is the time to take that plunge or or what life is like at you know out in the sharp end of the rope. Look, it's scary. There's there's no question, and it's really hard, and it's filled with mistakes and stress and failures, right? Like the vast majority of, of companies that are started do not succeed, do not generate revenue, do not you know, make it. And that's part of, that's gotta be viewed as part of the journey. That doesn't mean that you go into it thinking, oh, you know, or assuming that it ain't gonna work, like that would be silly. 
but you, you, you do have to, you know, tackle, um, you know, building a startup, launching a company, building a product as, as a journey. And I think similar to our marketing, you know, you, you definitely can't you know, get caught up in, in, um, in, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid too early. You, you, you have to have that passion and that, that certainly those stars in your eyes, but you also need to be thinking about, you know, why am I, why does this product, you know, service business need to exist? Like, is there, is there a reason for it? Or do I have some specific knowledge as to why, you know, I or my team and I are, are in a good position to, to be able to build something successful and add value into, you know, whatever ecosystem we're playing in. But at the end of the day, you just got to do it. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that I, I jumped in, you know, head first, feet first. I can't remember which direction I was going. It, it, yeah, the first time I, I launched start, you know, a startup and, and totally fell on my face. And in hindsight, I look back and there's no reason that why I did, why it wasn't successful. I, I think I, you know, at some point just didn't have the perspective or the fortitude to stick with it. I was missing, you know, one or two areas of knowledge that freaked me out. And, um, and, and I probably threw in the towel a little bit early from time to time. And, you know, my journey at this point, is like 25 years, uh, you know, so, so, uh, it has to start somewhere. You have to have some guts. I, you know, would encourage entrepreneurs to, to really make sure that they're committed to the specific business. You shouldn't just be looking for a business. There should be you know, a reason behind why you're launching a business. Uh, it certainly could even just be like that, that you want to go through this journey and, and learn. And, you know, that could be a, a viable reason or, or you really are passionate about a specific vertical or you, you've seen something done poorly for a while and you think you can do it better. You know, all those could be, could be um, viable reasons, but um, you know, you, you got to jump in. The, the other piece that I would say I heard uh, over and over again and didn't do earlier in my, my startup journey is having a support network. And that can be you know, mentors, that can be family, that can be your first couple hires, that could be contractors that you're working with. The ideal scenario, I, I, you know, not for everybody, but for most, is having a, a partner in the business, someone that compliments you. If you're a marketer, you shouldn't be bringing on a partner that's a marketer. You should be thinking about an engineer or a product person or a finance person, you know, something that compliments you. But if you're in, in that, you know, that bunker, that war with a partner, you, you are much more likely to find the support you need on the rough days, the rough moments that, that just inevitably happen for a decade or two when you're, when you're building a business. So those are some high level points. We can, we can certainly, if you've specific questions, we can certainly <laughs> dive into those. And, um, and, and, and like I said, I, you know, it, it's a big topic that, mm-hmm. that, um, that I love and can certainly go down that rabbit hole for mm-hmm. hours on. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, that's why we have this podcast that keep continually has episodes and, and seasons. The best is yet to come literally on entrepreneurship. It's such a big word. Uh, but yeah, we love hearing your, your sharing your wealth of knowledge and, and your experience and just terms of what can motivate our listeners in making sure they can navigate um, through their own uh, journey. But just speaking of, of uh, continuously learning here again, since we have you on the show, marketing and, and what's best yet to come in the future like what's your thoughts on the marketing platforms you know in the next generation you know will facebook instagram continue their dominance of digital ads in the next decade could another industry you know be on the horizon do you have any teasers for us or stuff that you've seen literally came across it's a great question it's it's a constantly evolving uh, ecosystem 
you could look your 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 specific question on you know will Facebook and Google continue dominant uh, or to dominate? That would be yeah. If you were in in Vegas, going back to that mm-hmm. that uh, yeah gambling theme, I don't know why I'm stuck on that today, but um, I, yeah, obviously the odds would be in their favor. They have monstrous infrastructure. They have multiple decades of experience, consistent you know dominance. They have done it differently, and I'm not you know, unabashed about speaking about them. Google generally has done it through innovation and kind of playing fair in the ecosystem and leveraging, um, I think, their vision to, to do right by the consumer first and build great consumer products. Facebook, Facebook has done it by being pretty evil and going out and copying anyone that had a good idea and, you know, and trying to, you know, acquire companies, you know, for pennies on the dollar, if they, you know, when they saw, you know, something brewing, you know, both have been, you know, very successful business models. If I had to root for one of them, I would certainly root for Google over Facebook. I think, you know, over the last six, seven years, there's been more and more awareness on, um, you know, Facebook's behavior being pretty ugly and they don't seem to ever change. Um, and if they do change, they change for the wrong reasons, which are, you know, PR focused versus, you know, kind of awareness. So we'll see. I, I would like to believe that the world is a generally good place and, and that ultimately even, you know, the biggest companies in the world um, are, will either be forced to change or competition will win out if they're not behaving in the best interest of, of the greater community. And at this point, you know, Facebook and Google's community is really the world, right? I mean, they're you know, pretty, you know, a huge portion of it anyhow. As far as, uh, you know, I mean, look, advertising is, is about canvases, right? And so you, know, you, you have to think about where consumers are spending their time. I hope it's not the metaverse. I think that that would be a horrible, um, you know, evolution in our, in our you know, in, in humanity. I hope it's more in the real world. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, being, you know, uh, you know currently focusing on a marketing channel that engages in the physical world, you know, with, 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 you know, with consumers. I, you know, I, I think the world's about going out and exploring and spending time in. I don't think it's about necessarily putting on a pair of goggles and sitting in your living room and, and withdrawing from it and, and having a digital representation of it. So I, I would hope that brands like Google who are helping you identify and find ways to spend your time and get out into the world, uh, or even, you know, they have, you know, the Google Maps, right? It's helping, you know, you know push you out and, and, and helping you figure out how to navigate the physical world. Um, ends up winning out versus a company that seems to be making, you know, all in on, on, you know, pixels and, and um, digital representations of the world. So that that's where I'm, I'm rooting. But at the end of the day, um, you know, technology is not slowing down. Once it exists in the world, it's here usually to stay. And so I, it, it's, they're going to be screens and, and canvases to, to reach your consumers on, you know, on a computer, on a phone, in you know, in a, you know, a meta world, uh, I, I think it's going to be all of the above. The one um, I think big um, advertising bucket, marketing bucket that we're all paying attention to is consumer privacy and and yeah, consumer and consumer data. The you know, the states are tackling um, regulation and and you know trying to uh, represent the the consumer right now and what is a fair use of data and and what's not a fair use of data. At some point, I believe though, there will be you know federal laws here in the U.S. as well as other countries. Well, there already is in in Europe with GDPR. So there's more of that coming, which will also shape what can and can't be done, which will um, deem certain channels more or less valuable. 
the big behemoth wall gardens are always going to have an advantage um, in the data collection world. So again, pretty good bet that those platforms that are big before regulation changes uh, tend to have a little bit more, a little bit more leverage. But uh, it, it's certainly an interesting um, time in, in the world of marketing. Really well said. Uh, really interesting too. Uh, consumer journey, and then yeah, going back to consumer data and privacy, where it's all going to shake out in the digital space here. So, I guess we'll have to continually uh, be connect, stay connected. Obviously, uh, what's out there in the world. But uh, speaking of looking looking ahead, this uh, future outlook for you, Dave. What do you still hope to accomplish in this field going forward? Oh, that's a powerful question. Yeah. <laughs> I I think at this stage in in my life and my career the things that i get most excited about are are a little bit different we're, we're the you know we're in a we have the luxury of being in a position where we're already a sizable company and a lot of those kind of early stage concerns the is their product market fit do we have a, a revenue model that works does the margin of the business support you know, um sustainability you know those things those boxes have been checked long ago for us and so now I get to focus on, you know, certainly making sure that we have, um, you know, the right level of innovation and that we are accomplishing uh, our mission, which is adding value back into the hands of brands and 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 marketers to make their lives easier and um, more effective. But also, I spend a lot of time thinking about how we you know, make Posty a great place to to work and to learn and to develop as as people, and that that stems from empowering our, you know, or that that includes empowering our, our executive team and, and our senior leadership to uh, learn and try new things and um, and lead and that stems down to you know hiring and 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 creating career paths for the, for the entire um, you know company whether you're an entry-level um, hire right out of college maybe working your first job and just you know, eyes wide open or whether you're someone who is looking to develop you know, more and more mature um, skill sets. That's an area that 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 I, I get really excited about. And so when I think about building a big company, certainly that's going to happen from providing value in the ecosystem, continuously being innovative and leading the charge in our space. But the, you know, that's a currency that then gives me the opportunity to, to hire more people, create faster and you know, more rewarding career paths. Yeah, uh, you know, accelerate skill development, awareness, just create really, you know, uh, an environment that that fosters you know good behavior in 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 the, the professional world. If if I can do that, and we can do that as a company, then then it's just going to be more motivation to get bigger and bigger, so that we could offer that to more and more people. It's great to hear again, uh, making a difference out there and uh, growing and helping us again become more eff effective and efficient in what we do uh, day to day. Uh, in the digital space here. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does the Daily Grind mean to you? So many different things. <laughs> One, I, I need my cup of coffee in the morning and the afternoon. So, you know, immediately, you know, it certainly means um, uh, recognizing the way that we can, you know, have some level of control over uh, our our uh, emotional state and, and, uh, and energy. You know, for me, it also, you know, in, in as I think probably the way that you you mean it more. Look, there's there's a there's a part of every day that's a grind, and it's really easy to catch up 
or to get too caught up in in those moments. So I, I'm a dad. I have a right uh, a ten and an eight year old, ten and soon almost eight year old, and and that's the best part of my day. And there are moments when I look at my interaction and, and I'm trying to get something with the kids done, whether it's get them in bed or prepare them for school and or get them to a friend's house. And it's more about the grind aspect of it. It's more about getting you know, that task done and moving on to the next one. And I always regret that. When I, when I look back, it's like, man, the, the kids are growing so fast. Like, like this week's flown by and I feel like the majority of my emotional mental state, um, you know, engaging with them uh, felt like it was it was it was focused on the grind part of things versus like coming up for air, taking a moment and thinking about, yeah, like maybe they're not going to bed as, as fast as I want them to. But these moments are, are special moments. So that happens business, too where you're in a pitch and you're you're thinking about you know just getting the deal done versus the the you know the 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 knowledge the experience the emotional you know state that you were in and and how alive that made you feel or you're working with a product team or the data science team and you're you're not even realizing just how smart they are and, and and how much knowledge that they're bringing to you know product development and the value chain um, that that you know that we play in in the world so i think to me it's, it's like the daily grind is a reminder that hey you got to come up for air sometime yes there's stuff we have to get done that's never going to disappear that's a part of what we what we do who we are as a certainly a, a, an american society yeah. but um but every day um there are lots and lots of moments that that um, I think the grinding maybe gets you to, and and to recognize that hey, this might be a special moment. You know, sit up for a minute, and then maybe spend a few minutes processing that at the end of that moment or later on in the day. It like that. That's the, where the gold is. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's a great re- reminder for today's episode and the week ahead and the rest of the year on what we should be focused on, but also uh, not being super narrow focused in the sense that we just keep on checking stuff off the list and um, not aware of our surroundings and uh, life happens here and there. So yes, in closing, Dave, we talked about your daily schedule. You have quite the grind going on at Posty. What do you have going on later this year? You know, closing out 2022, looking at the year ahead. (laughs) You keep asking these really big questions. Uh, That's a perfect example of what I just said, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm so focused on what needs to be accomplished at this very moment, Mm -hmm. next hour, yeah, tomorrow that I don't um, get to think too far beyond. So in in the 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 world of of kind of posting business, I'm always looking at the future of structure, mm-hmm. development, organization, additional product uh, beyond just kind of the, the macro improvement or the micro improvements, you know, what is the macro? So we have, you know, kind of an entire uh, product roadmap um, that evolves as we, you know, as we you know, kind of pay attention to what client needs are and what client pain points look like. That's inevitable. Um, I'm, but I am, you know, incredibly excited to think about, you know, where we are come January, where we are come, you know, August of, of next year. As far as uh, me personally, uh, we, uh, our family moved um, from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas a couple of years ago. And, and I think we, you know, after almost 20 years in, in California, it's all still new for us here. So I'm looking forward to maybe being a little bit more settled a more, a bit more appreciative of the environment that, that we're, we're now living in, um, a little less looking backwards and, and kind of reminiscing on 
what what maybe we gave up to be here and um and just viewing this as as just another chapter in our life i think that's yeah couple couple things i'm going to focus on yeah we're excited for you again best yet to come as we say on the podcast uh keep up the grind dave story very inspirational very motivating as well on today's episode do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there or even a quote saying a mantra I'm, I'm looking at two things as 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 I sit here and you you ask this question. You know, one is I'm, I'm sitting in a room that you actually can't quite see, um, but I have about a dozen guitars and and uh, after many many years of keeping them in closets and under the bed, I've decided I'm putting them up. I'm hanging them on the walls, and it's motivated me to get back into that you know into music. Something I've I've done since I was about ten years old. And even if it's you know ten minutes a day here or there, it, it yeah it it helps uh, remind me that I'm I'm more than just you know a dad or more than just a entrepreneur uh, or you know founder that, that there are, you know all these different components and 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 music's a good one. The other thing I'm looking at is my bookshelf over here, and and it's a reminder that I go through waves where I'll tear through thirty books in you know four or five months. And then there are waves when when I'm not reading as much, and and sometimes it's it's business type books, um, and sometimes it's 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 fiction, and um, it's just kind of uh, you know a lot. Of, I spend a lot of time with you know classic um, um, you know literature, and there's something to learn in 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 all of that. And so I would say you know my uh, maybe it's a bit long winded here, but you know having hobbies and passion outside of the kind of core buckets of family and work really important and constantly you know educating yourself and and um and challenging challenging yourself academically is you know th- those are two things that i think are critically important um as and, and sometimes we forget about as we get older again another uh daily reminder for us uh, key takeaways you know closing on on this episode in regards to again doing something you're passionate about, but also having that balance too is so important uh, for us to perform at exceptionally well level uh, in our careers, uh, both in business and outside business too, on the hobby side as well. Uh, last but not least, Dave, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, you want to learn more about Posty, how can they do so? Sure. Uh, Posty.com. Um, the, you know, we work really hard in publishing um, great content that, you know, ranges from, you know, insights on on who we are and why we do it to you know case studies and, and examples of uh, successful use cases sometimes even unsuccessful use cases so that's a great place to start it's also how you can reach our team uh, if you're interested in learning more and engaging with us or the channel and that's uh, posty.com p-o-s-t-i-e.com uh, my platform of choice for communication is always LinkedIn. So um, you can find me at, at, I believe it's David L. Fink um, is, is my handle. Pretty easy to find, easy to find for, for Dave Fink um, at Posty. And um, yeah, those are, those, are, those are the two best um, places to start. Wonderful. We'll put uh, where to find Dave and Posty in our show notes as always. Thanks again for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Dave for being on the podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch.
Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian.